Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters, and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone, somewhere, knows something. I'm Katie Nordview. And I'm Janelle Feller. These are the stories of Carrie O'Brien Kruger and Brittany Wood. In 1989, Carrie O'Brien Kruger lived in Burlington, Wisconsin, with her husband Tracy and their three-year-old daughter Megan. Burlington is a town in Racine County with a population of 6,384 in 2000. Carrie worked in the Public Relations Department of Gander Mountain near Wilmot, Wisconsin. Tracy was also employed, but it's unclear what he did for work. According to Tracy, Carrie approached him during the evening of December 5th, 1989, and told him she needed to travel to Wyoming for a trade show for Gander Mountain the following morning. She reportedly said that she was replacing a co-worker who could not make the trip. Tracy also stated that Carrie packed a suitcase that night and left the residence at approximately 4.30 a.m. on December 6th. Tracy stated that before Carrie left, she kissed him goodbye and said, quote, take care of Megan for me, unquote. She was supposedly driving 70 miles to Chicago, Illinois, with another coworker to catch a flight from the O'Hare Airport to fly to Wyoming. Carrie's boss called Tracy the next day when Carrie didn't show up for work. Carrie was never a no-show, no-call, and it was out of her character. Gander Mountain did not have any employees scheduled to attend out-of-town trade shows, and the Wyoming trip didn't exist. Carrie was then reported missing. Authorities learned that Tracy often asked for time off from his job to stay home and care for their daughter while Carrie traveled on business. Upon further digging, Carrie only had one business trip for Gander Mountain, and that occurred in 1987, two years before she disappeared. Friends reported that Carrie was often surprised when they asked her about her recent business trips because she rarely left Burlington. A neighbor told authorities that she saw an unidentified black car parked outside the Kruger's home around 4.30 a.m. on December 6th, and that a man was driving the vehicle. The neighbor went to bed before witnessing anyone enter the car. The Kruger's residence was searched, but no evidence related to Carrie's disappearance was found. Several of her relatives joined the search and said that she left behind many personal belongings. Authorities learned that Carrie and Tracy's marriage was troubled, and Carrie apparently told a friend she was considering divorce if the relationship didn't improve quickly. There was no indication of domestic abuse in the marriage. At the time of her disappearance, she was suffering from an undiagnosed illness. She was experiencing stomach pains, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and weight loss. She had been to numerous doctors and underwent gastrointestinal testing. Some of her relatives think that Carrie was being poisoned. Investigators believe that either Carrie or Tracy lied about the supposed Wyoming trip, which led to her disappearance. No one is certain if Carrie left on her own or if foul play was involved. Carrie is a former journalist and once wrote a story revolving around changing identities. But Carrie's sister doesn't believe she would have taken off to live using a fake identity. She told the Journal Times in 2014 that, quote, her whole world was Megan. If she was going to take a time out, she'd take Megan. She wouldn't have been able to live without Megan, unquote. Carrie's sister also said that they had a Christmas tradition of getting together, and there were Christmas decorations still left in the kitchen. It didn't seem as though she was planning on leaving to start a new life. Tracy was given a polygraph test in January 1990, and the results were inconclusive. He was scheduled to take another test soon after, but was forced to cancel due to recurring severe gastrointestinal illness. Can I just say that she was suffering a gastrointestinal issue? Right. Too. Yeah. Which can be stress. In, I mean, some of that stuff, some of those things can happen because of stress. Sure. And if their marriage is dissolving, but he had it too. Yeah, and I, I tried to find if there was a connection. Like if somebody said, hey, wait a minute, she had this also. Is there a connection between this? Was there something in the house maybe? Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. But I couldn't find anything that connected the two of them having the same you know, kind is there, of... Is there a water source? Is there... Right. A, but um, they were both going through that. Right. And also, I just want to say that, that we have found that polygraph tests are not... Um, they're not admissible in court. Right. So they are not a good... They are not a reliable indicator of telling the truth. Yeah. And... So regardless of what it would have found, I hate that they keep using it. I but know. this was 1989 or yeah. something. So that was that was a while ago. It's kind so. of standard, I feel yep. like, back then. Yep. Tracy then suffered a stroke that affected his memory, and he couldn't remember anything of his adult life. Due to his health problems, he never did take that second polygraph. Carrie and Tracy's daughter, Megan, believes her mom was killed at the hands of an acquaintance of her mother's. This man would call one of Carrie's friends and ask if she was still missing and stand watching when searches were conducted for Carrie. Megan was only three years old when her mom disappeared, so she doesn't remember a whole lot from that time, but she staunchly denies her father had anything to do with her mom's disappearance. Well, that indicates that there was a somebody. There was a somebody. And who picked her up at 4 o'clock in the morning? I mean, and this she was three years old. Yeah. You don't, I don't have many memories of when I was three years old. Um, and I feel like if you do, it's very vague. It's very vague, yeah. There, um, they're, I think that they are um, certainly just outlines yeah. of memories, really. Yeah. Investigators discovered that Carrie and Tracy were associated with a man who was convicted of kidnapping and murder in the years before her disappearance, but nothing came of the possible lead, and it was never established that the individual was connected to Carrie's case. Tracy has never been charged in connection with Carrie's disappearance, and there have been no arrests made. Carrie O'Brien Kruger was last seen on December 6, 1989, in Burlington, Wisconsin. She was 31 years old at the time. She would be 61 now. Carrie is described as Caucasian, 5'4", and 125 pounds. She has brown hair and hazel eyes. She was last seen wearing a London Fog brand coat. She has a mole on the back of her left shoulder and a small chickenpox scar between her eyebrows. She wears eyeglasses with large frames and lenses with gold earpieces. Her ears are pierced. If you have any information about the disappearance and or whereabouts of Carrie O'Brien Kruger, please contact the Burlington Police Department at 262-763-2920. So she was picked up at 4.30 in the morning by a black car. This is Burlington, Wisconsin. Is that, is that a suburb of someplace bigger? Um, because, you know, if, if you had a car service... Um, well, from what it sounded like, she was being picked up by another co-worker, which didn't seem to make sense to me because there was a co-worker that couldn't make it to, on the trip, so that's why she supposedly had to go. Yeah. But she was supposedly picked up by a co-worker who they were then driving to Chicago... However, there was never a there was never a trip. There wasn't, and nobody ever saw Carrie get into that vehicle. Right, but or anybody get into that vehicle. Right, right. At four thirty in the morning, that was a that was a organized, scheduled pickup. Yeah, because she was ready. It was there. Um, there's a good bet she she got in that vehicle. Well, the only person who says that she was ready is her husband. Oh, we don't know if any of this sure happened sure or sure yeah hmm. right and and it would have been him that would have said that um, you know that she had several trips right right that doesn't mean that she ever that she ever did actually have those trips scheduled yeah. and that's kind of what it sounded like is that he had said. He had to take time off of work all the time because she had these trips. But then when friends would question her about these trips, she was kind of like, what trips? Like, I didn't go on any trips. She was always surprised that people were asking her about these business trips that she was taking. Because she barely left Burlington. So was he having an affair? I don't know. Ugh. I don't know. The way that the articles, the way that what I found was written made it sound like he was, he said he had to take time off of work because she was going on business trips. 
but there were never actually business trips that she was going on. And he was not necessarily taking care of the child. Right. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Right. Yeah, so it's very vague. Yeah, it's very vague as far as the details of her work Mm -hmm. and if she actually went on those trips and the night that she apparently or supposedly left. Mm -hmm. Because all that we have is his account. Right. You know, and and the sister says that she would not have left her child behind, but... um, You know, she wouldn't have willingly left her child behind, but there's all kinds of things that can that can cause a person to leave. Um, you know, threats. You know, yep. to leave to 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 actually leave a child behind, but because of threats or or other things, um, and uh, I would say that probably neither parent. I mean, no parent wants to leave. Most parents don't want to leave their children I think some probably do but but I think that most don't want want to be part of their child's life and um so it could have been either one of them right but we don't have any words from her no yeah we and she very well could have she very well could have left Mm -hmm. we just have no the only thing that we have to go off of is his word and this you know her family's word basically and those conflict and a vague I mean I don't I don't, the smartest person, their memories from being three years old are, are sketchy at best. Yeah. Sketchy at best. Yeah. And, um, that I think is, um, you can't rely on that. Right. Right. Especially, you know, if the sisters or nobody else, there's no other, there's no other support for that. You know, a secret lover. Right. In any way. I, I don't know. Huh. It's just such a strange... And it was strange 30 case. years ago. Yeah. It's a whole lifetime. Hmm. And that child now is, is um, an adult, mm-hmm. 30 years old, with really without either parent. Even if the dad is alive, There's he's not the same person as he was. Right. Right, and I'm not. I it didn't say exactly when he had the stroke, but mm-hmm. from what I gathered, it was it was fairly soon after, after the polygraph test in 1990, and so she would have been just little mm-hmm. when all that happened. So it's just it's very sad. The whole the whole thing is very sad. Well, I'm not going to make anything better I with this not. story, and I just want to I just want to say I mean all of our none of our stories are are. Are good, but this is really. I want to. I, uh, I want to warn listeners that this story contains disturbing information about childhood sexual assault, and um, and there's just. I don't feel there's any other way I can tell the story without without some of that in here. So, when Brittany Wood was a child, she was molested by her step grandfather. He was later sentenced to life in prison for his crime. On February 26, 2012, Randall Scott Wood called authorities to report that Donald Paul Holland Sr., Randall's brother-in-law, was sexually abusing a family member. On June 1, 2012, Donald Sr. was found shot to death in the Styx River area near Mobile, Alabama. This was the same day that he was to be questioned by police about the sexual assault allegations. The gunshot wound was to the back of his head, but the death was ruled a suicide. Investigators found a gun and cell phone battery in the vehicle. Both the gun and the cell phone battery belonged to his niece, Brittany Wood. Brittany Nicole Wood was 19 years old. She was last seen leaving her home in Theodore, Alabama and getting into Donald Sr.'s vehicle on May 30th, around 7.30 p.m. She was not declared missing until June 2nd. Investigators in the Donald Holland Sr. sexual assault case had wanted to talk to Brittany about the case before she went missing. In June 2012, and then again in October 2013, a total of 11 members of Brittany's family were arrested on allegations that they were involved in a child sex abuse ring. The accused are charged with incest, and passing children back and forth within a close-knit group of family and friends. 
The assistant district attorney, Nikki Patterson, described the acts as normal family interaction for them. I'm not sure that I've made it clear that, that the children um, the children were passed around for sex with the adult family members of their group. This was a... So these were children that were in the family? In, in mostly okay. in the family, or closely related to the family, but mostly within the family. So I'm not sure that I've made that clear. But um, this was a normal interaction for them. When, when they asked about, you know, well, can you tell us how many times? They were too numerous oh to count. It was a regular, normal activity. Investigators found that the accused had taken part in group sex parties for years. The children were groomed at an early age. They were forced to watch and then take part in these events that were always under the guise of a family barbecue. One teenage female victim told jurors that she remembered being sexually assaulted when she was still in diapers. The victimized children inside and outside of this family range from 11 to 16 children, with some being as young as three to four years old when they were first molested. It is believed that the group sex and child abuse went on for three generations within two families and merged with Donald Holland Sr. marrying Brittany's aunt, Mandy Wood. Brittany had most likely been a victim of further sexual assault at the hands of her relatives. Just days before Brittany went missing on May 27th, a family member reported to Brittany's stepmother that Brittany had been raped by three male relatives. Because of her age, she was 19 at the time, it seems likely that Brittany was aware that sexual abuse was happening to other children in her family at the hands of her family. She could have testified against those accused of sexually abusing the children. There was pressure to silence her voice. Her testimony had already caused one family member to spend a life in prison. Eight of the accused are family members and three are close friends to the Brittany Wood family. By all accounts, Donald Holland Sr. was the leader of this child abuse sex ring. He said which adult would be with which child. Those sentenced include Wendy Wood Holland. This would be Brittany's aunt. She showed no interest in a plea deal and uh, pleaded not guilty. She was sentenced to 219 years in prison without parole. Dustin Alton Kent was an uncle by marriage. He pled guilty to sodomy, rape second degree, incest, and sodomy second degree. He was sentenced to 17 years in prison. Mendy Kent, Wendy's twin sister and Brittany's aunt, was convicted of sodomy first degree and sex abuse of a child under 12. She was sentenced to 40 years in prison. Chessie Wood, who is Brittany's mother, is a sister of Mindy and Wendy. She pled guilty to a misdemeanor of reckless endangerment. Randall Scott Wood, he was the person who made the call to authorities originally in February of 2012. He is the uncle of Brittany and the brother to Chessie, Mindy, and Wendy. He was charged with sodomy, second degree, and incest. He was sentenced to 15 years, a split sentence, in which only three years spent in, were spent in prison. He will also have five years of probation and must register as a sex offender. Donald Holland Jr. is a cousin to Brittany. He was granted youthful offender status. Donald Thomas Wood was Brittany's brother, and he was granted youthful offender status, and those records for those two individuals are sealed. William Bonnie Brownlee, a friend of Dolan Holland Sr., was charged with rape in the first degree and second degree and sodomy second degree. He was sentenced to 20 years in prison. He will be considered for parole on May 1st, 2021. James Kumba, a relative by marriage, was charged with rape first degree, sodomy first degree, and sexual abuse of a child under 12. I could not find anywhere if he was sentenced and what that sentence was. Nelton Butch Morgan, a family friend, was charged with rape first degree and sexual abuse of a child under 12. He received a 10-year sentence and five years probation. As a result of the agreement that he made, the rape, sodomy, and sex abuse charges were dropped, but he must register as a sex offender. Police do not believe that Brittany's disappearance is connected to the sexual abuse charges against her family members. That just 
Really? Yes. And it was, I found that in several different articles. They don't believe that they're connected. That her disappearance directly before Donald Holland Sr. is to testify, the leader of this child sex abuse ring, um, conveniently commits suicide. It just, it, it just seems, of course, of course it would be connected. Of course it would be connected. But this case was so large, sure. so extensive, and so egregious. I mean, it's beyond, it's beyond your ability to understand it. Right. So, but I, I believe it absolutely had to do yeah. with, is the cause of her disappearance. Right. Brittany Nicole Wood was 19 when she went missing on May 30th, 2012. She would be 27 years old today. She is a Caucasian female with blonde brown hair and blue eyes. She was five foot three and weighed 105 pounds at the time. She has a tattoo of her daughter's name, Peyton, surrounded by butterflies on her left leg. Her lip is pierced and she smoked Newport menthol cigarettes. She was last seen wearing a blue t-shirt, denim shorts, and flip-flops. She was carrying a pink or teal bag containing extra clothes a red curling iron, and a makeup bag. If you have any information about the disappearance of Brittany Nicole Wood, call the Mobile Police Department at 251-208-7211. So uh, Brittany, Brittany had a two-year-old daughter. She got pregnant when she was 17, or she had her when she was 17. And... Um, And at the time that she went missing, she was carrying a bag of an overnight bag. And she met with her uncle, a known abuser. She went with him. She went with him by herself intentionally. Right. She had left her daughter with the child's father. Law enforcement had not talked to Brittany yet. And I don't know that she was the, the, one of the older members of the children involved with this, though it seems likely. Sure. Because at the time, her mother was 35-ish. Um, it does seem as if she's one of the older, would be one of the older children in this, uh, victims. I just don't even know what to say. It is just so disgusting. And this is what she knew. This is, how do you, how do you escape that? Well, I mean, so sad. I, I don't, I don't know. She had, and this doesn't mean, this isn't necessarily the reason that she had, she had some, she had some issues after, I mean, growing up, she got pregnant very young. She had some trouble with, with drugs. She kind of bounced around from household to household. It doesn't appear as if her mother was, um, you know, as helpful as she could have been at the time. Um, and, you know, the, the authorities indicated that there was, there was this, this sexual abuse goes back three generations. And... You know, you want to think that, well, this is Alabama. Right. This is them. Yeah. But the truth is, is that I know of a case re recently in our state of Minnesota that also goes back generations of, of adults sexually abusing their children um, that was well known. It was known within their family, and it was standard practice. And the you know the woman, um, Wendy, Wood Holland, she got two hundred nineteen years, and the women played an a, 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 an active role in this abuse. They were. 
they groomed the children. Is that why her sentence was so... Well, that's compared to everybody else's. Yeah. I don't know exactly other than she was she refused to plead no, she refused to plead guilty and uh, sure. she refused a plea deal. So she wasn't sure. she wasn't cooperating. It's but, just it's interesting that only she has that much. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think believe that she was one of the first ones. They used they used sex toys to prepare the children for the sexual abuse that they were going to encounter. This is, this is an evil that is beyond my understanding, and it was generational. So it most likely happened to her. That's how she was raised, and that's how she raised her children. There were a couple other uh, victims that they feel that might not have been directly family members, but most of the family, most of the victims, the 11 to 16 kids, were family members. It's so horrible. And I also feel that the charges for those who pled guilty wasn't enough. No. No. I mean, the one the one will serve three years, if that, in jail. He got a 10-year sentence, but he'll serve, he'll have in five years probation, but he'll probably only serve... Well, and, and that was a that was a family friend, and that um, and I don't have any idea of the age of that person, sure. of any of those things, um, or how long they were involved. However, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, um, and even even the uncle Randall Randall Scott Wood. He he had fifteen years, and there's a good bet that he was involved. For many years, this 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 child abuse, child sexual abuse, went on for more years than what they are serving time for. Right, right. there's a very good chance. Mm -hmm. And um, it is such a horrible case. And then, and I guess it it really, she went willingly with her uncle. She had just been sexually assaulted by three male family members, and she went willingly with her uncle. Um, you know, it. they could have both been killed by another family member. Um, right. But and that's all she knew. Well, and it feels like now she's kind of lost in this tangled web of sexual abuse. Her... Her missing is now lost in that. Right. It's where everybody's so focused on these horrific acts, which they should be, but where's Brittany? Mm -hmm. You know, yes, all these people need to be held accountable, and yes, they should all spend the rest of their lives in prison, but where's Brittany? You know? Right. And actually, they didn't even know she was missing because the uncle, at the same time that she went with him, the uncle committed suicide, he was found, and she was never found. Yeah. Um... And, you know, there's, she had a two-year-old daughter. She, she wouldn't have left her behind. Right. But she left, she left the child with the child's father, who is outside of this group. Sure. And, um, but now, and these are the, these are the victims that we know of. These are probably the children that were within the family and they were victimized over and over and over and over again. Um, who knows how many actual victims there were? But they, the, this, this, this was a tight group. Um, there had been something that had caused authorities to look into them like six years previous. Hmm. And there just wasn't enough. There just wasn't enough. Or people didn't say enough or something. They, or people didn't say yeah. enough or they didn't look hard enough or they didn't look again. And I think that, um, you know, <clears throat> they, the, the, the perpetrators in this case, you know, faced, 
they they saw somebody they saw their the step grandfather face life in prison because yeah. of his behavior, mm -hmm. and it just seems like it seems like the difference between the step grandfather facing life in prison and an active participant in this you know facing 15 17 years there's just a big difference yeah and yeah. the age the age or in the amount of time that they spent in prison and why is that is it because of the age of the victims is it because of you know and then all the lawyers and the legal system that had to prosecute these individuals you know juries uh all of it well, and all the victims that had to recount their stories over and over and over again against family members, right? Who there's a story of a a teenage, a female teenage um, victim talking about about her about her aunt, and you know this is one that said that she can remember being sexually abused at when she was still in diapers. And she she had to she had to stand up to look over the uh, podium to identify um, the aunt, and she talked about that she still loved her. Yeah, of course she did. Mm -hmm. There is not a separate for her. There's not a separation of that. Right. Well, and if this has just been going on, this was just it's. That's what we did. It, yeah, it was just the norm in yep. this family, which is... Right. But it's all you know. When it's your family, it's yeah. all you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that, that within our work, that we have heard statements of people who have indicated that that was possibly part of how they were raised. Mm -hmm. And it was their intent to raise their children the same way. To, that it was the parents' responsibility to teach them, to be, personally teach them sex, about sex, and how to have sex. And it just makes me so sick to my stomach. I just can't even, I can't even comprehend it. It doesn't even feel like it's real. Like it feels so terrifying that it can't, this can't possibly have really happened because it's, it's so awful. It feels like it's made up. Almost. I mean, you wouldn't make a movie. You wouldn't make this into a movie because it would be so horrific. It would be, yeah. That nobody would watch it. Nobody would. They say this is this is unbelievable. Yeah. Because it's so awful. Yeah. And it goes back three generations. Right. What is it? What is a generation? Is a generation fifty years? Is a generation forty years? When you talk about a family, I don't know. Probably 30 or 40. And so these individuals were taught this from a very young age, you know, potentially three to four years old, their whole life. And um, they talked about, they just mentioned that probably the, the men that were not that were granted youthful offender status were also victims of childhood sexual abuse right as well as perpetrators mm -hmm. and potentially every single one right. of them was right it's and yet still this person remains missing um, did she escape well, and I think it's interesting that her cell phone battery was found because without that battery, her phone wouldn't ping anywhere. If she had the if she had the guts of her phone without the battery. But apparently it will ping where the battery is. Right. So the I the idea was I mean, so that to think that that it should have followed where she went until that battery was removed. You know, mm -hmm. I mean and um, is there any reason that you would remove your battery from your own cell phone other than to replace it? No. 
Right. And if you're going to do that, why not just leave the whole phone behind? Other than the phone would tell you more of the story. Mm -hmm. Who set up the... Who contacted her? Right. Who? And the sexual assault that happened three days prior to her um, disappearance? Was that a threat? Was that... What was that? Why? Was it, is it just normal? It didn't sound like that was how things normally happened. Sure. But in this case, it had to feel weird to people around them. There had to be things that caused people to go, huh, doesn't seem right. Yeah. That child, these children are hypersexualized. They shouldn't be using that term. Uh, for the body part so comfortably because they're of this age or and I think that we would be wrong to think that this is an isolated case I think this kind of thing happens has happened always and is happening today that's why if we if we I mean and somebody Somebody said something six years previous to them, this Brittany's disappearance. But that's why if, if you, you have to speak up, and it doesn't mean it will be resolved, but it could. It could make a difference. And hopefully, I mean, hopefully somewhere along the line, somebody's conscience gets to them and they, because that's what caused all of this to kind of come to light, is, is that one of the uncles just, finally reported on another family member which in the end revealed that he was also right. a participant in this we ask that you do not reach out to the families or post names of possible suspects on social media missing person photos along with information and articles used for these cases can be found on our website at gone-podcast.com distraction for this week are tweets about people who spoil the heck out of their dogs the heck out of them <laughs> how, how, how much the is heck that, out of them how much is that spoiled? I don't know I don't know but it must be a lot <laughs> <laughs> my dogs sleep on a dog bed it's a king size it's a king size one in the master bedroom that my husband and I sleep on too but yeah it's a dog bed it's well, a dog bed it is yeah they have free reign. Right. The adults move around the animals. <laughs> Arriving home at the end of the day. Hi, handsome husband. Hi, me. Sorry, I was talking to the dog. <laughs> husband. That was me. That was me. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was talking to the dog, not you. But you're, you're that's, yeah. You're, uh, hi, hi, good looking guy <laughs> that lives in the same house as me. Uh, husband. Sometimes I think... You love the dogs more than you love me. Me. Awkward silence. <laughs> well. I cannot confirm nor deny. <laughs> Wife, I think you're taking the idea of the dog being part of the family too far. Me. Sitting dog at the table with plate and silverware. Why? Why would you think that? <laughs> Why do you have to be a hater? I just found out that my husband fills the dog's water dish, not from the tap, but from the fridge's water purified feature. She'd do the same for me, he said. <laughs> of course she would. <laughs> of course she would. She also would drink out of the toilet. But. <laughs> right. Wife, have you spent all our money on stuff for the dog again? Me, no. The dog rolls past the window on two hoverboards. <laughs> <laughs> Me, okay, yes. Yep, maybe I did. I did. Me, again. <laughs> I did it again. Wasn't going to do it again, but I did it again. Wife, you forgot to turn the TV off last night. Flashback, <laughs> flashback to me leaving it on so the dog could finish watching Air Bud. 
Yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> oh my god. Earbud. <laughs> my husband and I get along better since realizing how much our yelling upsets the dog. Oh gosh. Poor dog. Well, it's traumatized. <laughs> My wife and I have taken four photos together in the last two years. Meanwhile, we have 93 photos of our dog sleeping since last week. The yeah. phone is full. Is that <laughs> full? Full. That's how my phone is too. I don't think that's unusual for a dog owner. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Because they're so cute. They're so cute. And they do so many cute things all day. And they do day. so many cute things all day. Uh, you just, you got to capture all you of You got to capture it all. I mean, your son... May not you may not have as many photos I, of yourself. I do, do I you? do. Most so a lot of them are together. Yes, him and the dog together. Yeah. My husband told me he's not feeling well, and I told him I didn't have time to worry about that. My dog is sneezing, and she needs me. <laughs> I'm sorry that you have a fever of 103, <laughs> but, but you can take care of yourself. The dog cannot. Cannot. Cannot drive <laughs> themselves to the vet, get a medicine, uh, cover themselves with a blanket. Right. They, they don't have thumbs. They don't have thumbs. It's difficult. <laughs> leaving for work gives wife a quick kiss spends 10 minutes saying goodbye to the dog <laughs> it's true it's true who's a, who's oh, a good boy, who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? <laughs> my wife is working late tomorrow and I'm going to let the dog have extra junk food and watch R-rated movies you're spoiling <laughs> extra junk food yeah get extra treats to work <laughs> don't tell mom <laughs> and it's planned out Wife, why do you have to blow your nose so loud? Me, I blow my nose at a normal level. Wife, you scared the dog. <laughs> my dog and I have this cute bedtime routine where he sleeps in my husband's spot and I let him. <laughs> it's adorable. It's so cute. Not to my husband, but it's adorable. <laughs> My wife and I go on vacation so we can talk about how much we miss our dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> my girlfriend got our dog a raincoat, and it's so cute. I'm moving to Seattle, so she has to wear it every day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, during the time of, of COVID and, and quarantine, our dogs have... Their importance of having a dog is raised. I think so. In our... In our in our lives. Yeah. Yep. I think so. I can't, I can't imagine. I mean, obviously I have my, my son too, but I can't imagine being a single person with no animals and no children or family members living with me because I feel like it would be so lonely, especially now because you can't, well, you're not supposed to be going out and hanging with friends and socializing right. and right. it would just be so lonely. Well, that's why all the shelters, the yeah. shelters were emptied. Yeah. Which I think is great. Yeah. Because of there, there's a very good chance that those people who, took those animals we'll be keeping them right right i want to surprise my wife with plans for a vacation getaway but i want the surprise to be that it's just me and my dog going <laughs> <laughs> and she would say why do you have to take the dog <laughs> you just go by yourself we'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> she might actually be happy she that might. you're going she might <laughs> stay longer <laughs> My husband said, let's cuddle. So he took one dog. I took the other two, and we cuddled. <laughs> Not together. We no, don't, that's, no. We don't want to do that. No. We want to cuddle with the dogs. Because we can't fit the dogs. <laughs> right. We can't get the equal dog cuddling and the people cuddling at the same time. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Wife, stop spending money on stupid stuff. Me, okay. Later. <laughs> Wife, what? Dog walks by in a tuxedo. Me, he's getting married, Karen. <laughs> You have to. He's got to dress appropriately. Right. He's getting married. Right. <laughs> Wife, what are you doing? Me. It's not what it looks like. Wife, you're teaching the dog karate? Me. Then it's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know if I'd come across like that. <laughs> right. Last one. Wife, do you love the dog more than me? Yes. <laughs> hesitated a little bit <laughs> didn't even let her finish yes well i mean at least you know where you stand at least you know 
Okay, I have just a few more lame excuses to get out of work, and I just want to remind you that you can't use these excuses on me. Sure. Right. You have to come up with your own. Okay. I have to come up with my own lame excuses. You have to come up with your own oh, lame okay. excuses. Okay. And 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 um, I just want you to know I've just read you over <laughs> the course of three episodes, <clears throat> sixty excuses. Sure. So. There's not much left. There's not much you left. You wouldn't think. Right. Right. Well, I don't know. Yeah. You're creative and you're an imaginative person. So, so um, I can't come to work today because my mother locked me in a closet. I would I would be concerned about that. Do you that. know of any closets that have locks? No, that's why I'd be concerned. <laughs> <laughs> and you're an adult. And you're an adult. And move out of the house. <laughs> right. Mom's a little bit. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't come to work today because the pizza I ordered is late and I need to be home to accept and pay for it. Oh. Well. Is that the pizza's fault? I The don't employer's fault? No. No, no, it's the pizza's fault. It's the pizza's fault. Well, it's the person's fault for ordering pizza that close to the time that they had to go to work. That's well, what it is. Well, you gotta eat it. Right. I mean, you could take it to work with you. And, Maybe. you know, put it in the fridge or save it until you had a break or something, but... The sunrise was so beautiful that I had to stop and take it in. Oh, well. With my eyes closed while in bed. <laughs> right, that's, right. That's how, that's how I see the sunrise. Now, this seems like a made-up excuse, but my mother-in-law wouldn't stop talking. Well, I mean, it could be true. It could very well be true, but not a legitimate excuse yeah, no. Because again, you're an adult. You're an adult. And you can set boundaries. Yes. I mean, especially like here in Minnesota, we've got the long goodbyes and the Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. But at some point you gotta you gotta go. You gotta go. Yeah. It's uh I'm not saying it's easy. No. But... Well, this is the only excuse that actually is a legitimate excuse. It is too cold to go to work. We understand that. There have been times. There have been times. Frankly, I felt that way a little bit this morning. Yeah. When I didn't wear a jacket out. Well, and we still come to work because we're kind of built for well, it, I guess. There's something wrong with me. It we're was acclimated. 50 degrees or something like that. It felt like it was, it didn't hurt. Well, no, I'm not ready for it yet, though. But, you know, even when the cold is so cold that it freezes your hair nostrils, mm -hmm. your nostril hairs. Hair nostrils. <laughs> your nostril hairs. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. Your nostril hairs. When it freezes. Yeah. Or your eyeballs. Yeah. It freezes. It is so cold that it freezes your eyeballs. I'm lucky I wear glasses, so it takes it a little bit. It a little it bit. blocks it a little bit. But there well, are see, times. see, this is when it starts, though. This is when it starts. It gets colder and colder. And then by the time it's 40 below, we're like, oh, this has got a bite to it. Yeah. <laughs> 40 below, it's got a bite. <laughs> right. My eyeballs just froze open. But that's... Yeah, I think that is a legitimate excuse. <laughs> it is. It I mean, is. it's a legit legitimate excuse to be late, maybe. Yes. Maybe your car didn't start. Maybe you... Again, your eyeballs are frozen. Frozen, yeah. Right, right. right. I needed to put the heater on them. Right. Um, this employer had a male employee who claimed that he had morning sickness. I mean, I, I think I, I think it's creative, and I think well, it gets points for that. I mean, you hear about sympathy pains, but I don't. I've never heard of sympathy morning sickness. I guess. My coffee is too hot, and I can't leave until it cools off. <laughs> I mean, if you think wow. these are, uh, an employee was late because an astrologer told them of a car accident on a major highway, so they took all the back roads. <laughs> There's other issues there. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I can't go to work today because my dog ate my work schedule, hmm. which was on my phone. I was late for work today because I was at the office, but I fell asleep in the office parking lot. What? I was late today because I was, but I was at the office. Right. Not in the office. No, no. I was in the parking Close lot. Close to the office. I was around the office, asleep, <laughs> in my car, huh. which I parked there last night. It's very strange. It's very strange. And again, I wish there were ages of the people that had made these. Because some of them, it would be helpful. Because yeah. some of them, you'd go, oh, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Been there. And others, you'd go, what? Yeah. I can't go to work today because my fake eyelashes are stuck together. 
like on your face or in the package. Um, well, they're, f I, 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 I and do you put mascara on fake eyelashes? You can. Um, can't you take them off? You're supposed to. <laughs> they're not permanent. Well, if they're stuck together, either, either they're not on your face and stuck together, or if they're right. on your face and they're stuck together, take them off. Right. But then you would have, I mean, doesn't it take your eyelashes off too? No, no. I mean, it depends on what kind of glue you use, I guess. <laughs> if they're stuck together, I don't know what kind of glue they're using. Well, I mean, they could be, I don't know. <laughs> and this is the last lame excuse, and it may be the best. I accidentally drove to my previous place of employment from five years ago. <laughs> what? I don't know what Freud would say about that, but I, I, I think he would say get a new job. Yeah, well, and I feel like there's times when that, I, you could see that kind of happening. Because there's times when I drive somewhere and I'm like, how did I get here? Did I, did I actually drive? Like, you get so lost in your own thoughts that you, it's just like automatic and all of a sudden you're home or all of a sudden you're at your destination. Well, I think that especially if you had a young child at home. Yeah. Um, you were new parents. I... You're sleep deprived, right. but it's just it's concerning that you are actually driving on the road. Uh, right. Well, I think that too. When that happens to me, I'm like, I did. Good God, did I follow the? <laughs> did I stop at the stoplight? There are times yeah. where there are times where you are so deep in your thoughts, yeah. And you just go, what the hell? Yeah. It it from five years ago though. That seems. You you think you'd be over that drive? I mean, after five years, maybe five days. Yeah, but. I mean, unless it's unless it's on the way to the new job, maybe or something. I don't know, but that seems. And you kind of lose your train of thought, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like those were creative, but some of them were not creative enough. They weren't believable, creative. Well, and I think that I think that there's I don't I don't know this for a fact, but I've heard <laughs> that if you want to make a lie believable, short and sweet. Sure, is I the, suppose. Sure, is the too much explanation. Sure. Reveals that it's inaccurate. Sure. So. Interesting. I don't know that for sure, and I don't know who said it, and I don't know why I believe them, but. <laughs> so I read it, I heard it, read it, or thought it somewhere at some time, and now I must share it with you. Well, that's that, what I do. it makes sense, though, because I suppose if you're fumbling, fumbling and bumbling, you're adding more to your. To your lie, and then all of a sudden your lie is really, really, really long. And complicated. And complicated. And complex. That, so that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, um, so those are, I mean, for anybody else, they can use them excuses. Sure. Except for people that work here. Right. Right. So, good luck. Just me, because now I'm the only person that knows it. Well. They don't know that. Yet. Yet. They don't yeah. know it yet. And uh, I better not throw this... I better keep this <laughs> as a reference. Yeah, as a reference. Nope, that one was from, I read that one on, in September 2020. Um, it's not okay that you're just upset from watching, re-watching re Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. And too upset to come to work. Right. That was on the, that was on the September 2020 <laughs> excuse list. So. But for the rest of you, good luck.